church tonight, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. The Lord's already here tonight. He was here this morning. Thank the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, thank you that you're here again tonight. Thank you that you've been here all day. The presence of the Holy Spirit has hovered over us, and we're grateful for that, Lord. We don't want to come to church if we can't sense your presence in our midst. God, thank you for being here tonight. Now, Lord, meet with us in this service. Speak to our hearts. Help us to be obedient to your voice. Oh, God, I'm believing you to touch us tonight and help us. And we thank you for what you're doing, but we thank you for what you're going to continue to do. And we want to follow your plan and we want to follow your perfect will. So move in our midst and help us, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now I have to make a confession. It wasn't the devil that tore up the sound system this morning. It was me. When I went racing through here this morning, I passed one of those beautiful carts that some of you dear ladies use, uh, you know, to get to church. And hallelujah, I'm grateful for it. I, I wouldn't care if you had to come here on a go-kart. I'm just glad you're here. And that cord got hung up on that, pulled it out of my ear, and, you know, it worked most of the service. But when I got a little animated during the special song, it went haywire. So it was my fault. We're going to blame it on the devil anyway, because he needs all the blame he can get. Amen? So, so I'm going to be Pentecostal dawn again tonight, okay? So just be careful how you say hallelujah, all right? Brother Dennis Johnson, don't make me nervous over there. If you get a little too animated. Huh? The Lord's going to help us tonight, amen? Amen. So take your praise and worship songbook, Julie Handy's favorite songbook. Right, Julie? And I want you to turn to song number 246. And I want to say hallelujah for the orchestra tonight. Amen. 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 Two brand new members of the orchestra. And I am excited beyond words. Song number 246. Let's sing it together.
been singing tonight. Song number 174 in that same songbook. Song number 174.
had an experience. <laughs> I think he knew what he was talking about. He said, oh, praise the Lord. It cleanses me. Hallelujah. And if it does cleanse you, you will praise the Lord. Amen. You won't have to have it pumped up. and um, It will come out <laughs> when the blood's been applied. I'm so thankful that we, these songs are more than just words. But there's a spirit about them. There's a reality about them. And I'm just so thankful that the blood can be applied. And we can have a pure heart. Have a conscience that's void of offense towards God and towards our fellow man because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it goes deeper than the stain of sin. Praise God. And I'm thankful for the blood. Amen. So we look to the Lord in prayer. Remember, Sister Stacy, uh, she's having that surgery on Tuesday. Amen. Uh, remember the one that gave their heart to Jesus and wants to be in church this coming Sunday, according to the great prophet. <laughs> Amen. Don's, uh, is it the Don's son? Nephew. Amen. Did you wake up, Don? Okay. Let's pray for your nephew. Amen. Anyone else have any special requests? Those that have been in the hospital, our elderly, that we. Still remember my friend, Goodell. Sure. Brother Terry's friend in Terre Haute. Oh, okay. Okay. Everett Osborne? Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Unspoken request by the uplifted hand. Remember the Bates family and the services next Sunday morning. It'll be a special time. And we're just trusting to God to, to come and crown it in His presence. Yes. Remember Tim Murdy. He's yes. not been feeling good. Amen. Amen. Maybe someone would like to come to the altar and represent Brother Tim Murdoch at this time. Amen. But uh, let's hold him up in prayer and pray for the service tonight. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we bow in thy wonderful presence, we appreciate Jesus the way that you have come and blessed and helped us, Lord, today. This morning, we appreciate the message on heaven, that blessed hope that we have, Lord Jesus. Uh, of a home eternal, a home with you, a home with our loved ones to be reunited. We are so thankful and grateful, Lord, for that pull on our hearts towards heaven. We're thankful, Jesus, that you're still calling, you're still uh, helping souls to, to make necessary arrangements, God, to get ready, to get right with you. We pray that you would touch those that need your touch tonight, Father, among the saints that are not here. We ask that you would bless them and encourage them and, and be close and real unto them. Sister Russell, too, we, we, we miss her today and the others, uh, Lord, that the same. We ask your blessings upon them. And Father, we pray that you bless and touch Brother Tim Erda, God, help him, we pray. Be with Sister Stacy as she has his surgery on Tuesday. And help Don's nephew, God, to truly, Lord, love you and serve you. And God, continue to help him, Jesus, to walk in the light as you're in the light. And pour out your spirit, Lord, upon the service tonight. And Father, we're believing in thee, Lord, to help us this coming week to continue to pray one for another, love one another. And prepare our hearts, uh, Lord, for next Sunday. Bless the Bates family, God. We appreciate their ministry 
in their life and that they'll be installed as our senior pastor officially, God, and we're believing in thee to come and to show thyself strong in behalf of those who love you and serve you. Bless, Lord, that service in a mighty way, God. And, and bless, Lord Jesus, your people, to, Lord, tonight to, and make us a blessing. Lord Jesus, as we leave this sanctuary to, and be a witness to a lost and dying world, may our light shine bright for Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
Well, I believe the seeming that when Jesus died, he died for me. That was his precious name. And you know what? Also, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. Amen. Praise his precious name this evening. Just a few announcements before we uh, turn the service over to, uh, to Brother Bates this evening. Uh, a few announcements. Remember, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m., uh, uh, usual midweek uh, service here in the church. Tuesday, March the 10th, 715 Cottage Prayer Meeting here in the Precious Moments Prayer Chapel, and uh, it will be hosted by Brother and Sister Bennett. Thursday, March the 12th, 6.30 p.m., Sisters of Strength. Brother Bates will be meeting with, our, with the ladies' group, and you don't want to miss that, so we'll be here for that. Thursday, March the 12th, 6.30 to 8.30. P.M. Youth group will meet at the, at the school for a time of fellowship and fun. Brother Bates will also be joining the youth during that time. That will be uh, Thursday, March the 12th. This coming Thursday, March 15th, 10:45 a.m. Uh, the installation service. So do not uh, do not miss that. Do not miss that. Be here. Brother Chris Cravens will be joining us as uh, we officially welcome Reverend Don Bates to to the church as the senior pastor. And other special guests will be joining us also for that for that event. And the pension dinner will follow in the gym after the service, March the 20th and, and the 21st. NCS fundraiser Friday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And an auction at 12 noon on Saturday. Bring all your money. That's what the bulletin says. Bring all your money. Okay, and shop until you drop. There'll be a lot of good items to, to purchase, and uh, we want you to come and be with us. Uh, also, on Thursday, March the 26th at 7 p.m., there will be a wedding shower for Betsy Poe in the school gym. Do not forget that and do not miss that either, ladies. Okay. Uh, podcasts are back. If you need more information about that, talk to Brother John Powell. Those that are in charge of that, they will give you the, um, the updates on how to connect to that. Ladies' prayer meeting. Is held every Friday morning at 9 a.m. over at the school in the school office. If you would like to join, you are welcome to do that also. Well, we will be favored at this time by another special song. And after that song, Brother Bates will be bringing the message to us of this hour. God bless each one of you. Let me just say this real quick. Uh, Tom's announced next Sunday, but it, it's a big day for our church. Amen. Uh, installation Sunday, we're going to have a lot of dignitaries here. The mayor's going to be here. So when we go to eat lunch, especially, that's what worries me. <laughs> let's, uh, let's all pitch in together. We'll, we'll provide the meat. And uh, if you'll bring all the other goodies, we'll have a great day. Invite a friend to come with you. Let's pack this place out next Sunday morning. Amen? Amen. Everybody will do that. Raise your hand. You'll give $500. No. I, have, I have a question for you tonight. How many of you are praying for someone specifically? Would you raise your hand? You know, I thought of the, the story this afternoon about Paul Lucas's brother. His mom prayed for him for 16 years. Now, I've never done this, but she set a place at the table for him every single meal. And one day, 16 years after she started praying, 
she heard footsteps on the porch. She said, my son's come home. And he came in and God gloriously saved you. I'm here tonight to tell you, don't ever give up. Amen. Keep praying Amen. for your loved ones and God will help them to, uh, to make it in. We can't quit praying, folks. That's what's helping our church, really, and our families is, is to pray. So you listen. This is an older song, but you listen to the words. Don't ever give up. Just pray. Keep praying.
place to pray. I want to, uh, you know, it's only five after six, and so, you know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't want to share. I've been preaching to you on Sunday nights now for several weeks about the characteristics of a New Testament church. And I'm going to veer away from that tonight. Um, I hope that, that you don't think it's selfish of me to ask this. I don't intend for it to be that way at all. But I, I do hope that next Sunday will be a special day. I just really do. Um, I hope that's not selfish. I don't intend for it to sound that way at all. Thank you. I, uh, I want it to be a special day for our church. You, you, you know me well enough by now to know that I love special occasions. I like preparing special occasions. I like for special occasions to be classy and organized and perfect. I know we're not perfect people, but... And this is kind of a weird situation for me because I've never, you know, when I got called to Winchester, it was just like, when can you get here? Hallelujah, glad you're here, take over. You know, <laughs> we didn't really have formalities that we did for Pastor Grimion. And we had a great day that day. I don't know if you remember that. Now, it wasn't all perfect, but uh, it was, uh, some of you are laughing because you remember kind of how it ended, but... It was a good day, and and I I planned that down to the minute. Poor poor Roger Bennett had notes where I had at specific minutes what was supposed to happen. I think he'd have fired me then if he could have, but I didn't have an official job then at all. I was just helping out, but but I do want it to be a special day, and and I'm hoping and praying that it will be, but not just. You know, because it means something to me, and it does. I'll, I'll admit it. But, you know, we are, we're really writing a brand new chapter in a long and storied history of this church that God has given all of us the privilege of being part of. I count it a privilege to be part of Independent Nazarene Church. I mean that. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to get to be one of you, um, if you visit other churches very often, this isn't a criticism of any other churches, but I think if you did, you would realize how special we have it here. We, we have something Amen. unique. I don't know how else to say it. It's just extremely unique, but more importantly, God is moving. And when we come together, we sense that God is with us. And God is showing us favor right now. I, I don't say that to brag. I say that as a note of praise to God, that God is showing us favor. And I want him to continue to show us favor. Why, why do we always have to live on God's second or third best, brothers and sisters? If God is showing us favor, let's rejoice in what God is doing and let's be brave enough to ask God to do more. That's not wrong to do. It's 
scriptural. When Jabez got tired of, of his name being a negative on his history and on his past, he finally cried out to God and said, God, bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. Give me more than I've ever had before. And the Bible says that God granted his request. And so I am trusting God to continue to show us favor. And I am excited about this new chapter. And yeah, I have a lot of ideas. They all won't happen. They're not all good ideas. 99% of them are, but it was a joke. But I am excited about what I believe God wants to do for us. And I'm going to share something with you tonight that I actually shared six years ago. And I preached it here on a Sunday morning in the month of August of 2014. A lot of you weren't here then. The sermon was premature. For where we were as a church family. And I thought the Lord had given me a great sermon. And you sat here and looked at me like a mule looking at a new gate. <laughs> and I walked away that Sunday morning thinking, ah, that wasn't very good. But six years have gone by. We are a much different people, aren't we? All of us. God has done incredible things for us. Amen. If there were visitors that came Sunday morning that hadn't been here since we renovated and we blindfolded them so they could not see the outside of the church and they walked in. Unless they really looked closely at the stained glass window, they might not even know they were in the same church. They would say, where is this? There are new faces. There are new people. There are people that God has transformed. There are people here that God brought to us. We didn't. Some of the people here tonight are here simply because God said, go to that church. Period. So God did it. And so we're in a totally different place. You now have a... Semi-young. I'm not really young. I don't feel young today. I'm going to admit it. It's a totally different. I mean, it's totally different. Yes. Youngest pastor in over 30 years. That is different. Right? Yes. And so a different personality. A personality that some love and some don't love. Hey, do me a favor. Take a pill and love me anyway, please. Because <laughs> you hurt my feelings really bad when you don't love me. I'm kind of kidding. And so it's different. It's very new in a lot of ways. And it will be even newer as we go along. And, you know, if we change the time of services or do something different, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that Brother Edwin and Ike were not alone tonight. 
Now, Brother Edwin, was that not a wonderful thing? Amen. Right, hallelujah. And the, the orchestra is being revived. And what's cool about it is it's being revived with new orchestra players. Amen. 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 You did awesome, bro. I'm very, very proud of you. Now, I have no idea where Ave Maria is tonight, but you tell her I am on her trail, okay? <laughs> but it's just exciting. It's brand new. It's brand new. And so I want to share this with you tonight. Isaiah chapter 6. And while you're turning, I hope that you will, um, you know, we're going to have a couple of events this week. I, I really wanted, I don't know, maybe we can, Roger. I wanted just to get a bunch of the men together, maybe on Saturday morning for a cup of coffee or whatever. If we can do that, that would be great as well. Um, the ladies are going to meet Thursday night. Young people are going to meet. Um, I just hope that all week long, uh, and you're going to see things on the Facebook page. Um, you know, we'll just post different pictures of stuff, and, and, and I just hope all week long that, that God will help this to just be a, a time of, of celebration for all of us, and, and uh, I hope that that makes it exciting for you. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. If you found it, please say amen. Amen. If you're still looking, say wait for me. Look at Isaiah chapter 1. Look at verse number one. And the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of, now this order is important, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. In the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Now chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, 
send me. I titled this sermon, Fixing Our Focus. I don't want you to think tonight that I think our, our focus is broken. But I do think this would be a good refresher for us all tonight. Because I think in all of our lives, there are things that God wants to fix. Amen. And I think it's always the case. The word focus has two key definitions. Number one, the center of interest or activity. Number two, the state of having or producing clear visual definition. I'm going to read them again. Number one, the center of interest or activity. That's focus. Number two, the state of having or producing clear visual definition. I'm interested in both of those definitions with this sermon. There are two reasons. <laughs> Number one, I want to make sure that I am always focused on the right things. I want my focus to be right. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was asked, uh, Mr. Lincoln, do you think God is on our side? And he said, that's not what's important. It's not important that God is on our side. It's important that we're on God's side. But secondly, I want to make sure that my focus is absolutely clear. I don't believe that it is the will of God for us to live in a state of constant stumbling. I believe God can give us absolutely clear, definite direction and vision. I believe that. I think God can help us wake up every day knowing that God, regardless of the uncertainties that we're facing, knowing that God is clearly in control of our lives Amen. and that he is going to guide us and direct us. The prophet Isaiah had a focus change that radically changed his life. Events took place in his life that changed him. Events have happened in my life that have changed me. It's fair to say that events have happened in your life that have changed you. It would appear that these events centered around the death of King Uzziah. I want to talk about King Uzziah for just a moment. You don't have to turn back to it, but 2 Chronicles chapter 26 really tells the story of this king. 
who clearly meant a lot to Isaiah. Verse 3 of chapter 26 says that he reigned 32 or 52 years. Verse 4 says that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Verse 5 says he sought God and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. We know a lot of people that started out that way, don't we? There are people that you probably run into today with mixed emotions because current circumstances cause you pain. Can I just remember you? Can I just acknowledge or, or encourage you to remember that at some point in your life, that individual may have had a positive influence on you? Is that a fair thing to say? Instead of just constantly dwelling on the negative, you know. I'm not going to live there, brothers and sisters. I'm not going to live in the negative of, you know. Amen? Amen. I'm not going to keep talking about the past and this problem and that problem. I'm not going to do it. But unfortunately, in verse 16, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And verse 22 tells us that Isaiah was obviously so enamored with Uzziah that he wrote Uzziah's biography. Uzziah was his focus. Uzziah, you might say, was kind of an idol to him. Uzziah was king. Uzziah had been king a long time. Uzziah had prospered. Let's be careful, brothers and sisters, that we never become enamored with prosperity. While we're enjoying the favor of God, May we always acknowledge that it is God and God alone who does it. Amen. Any success we have comes from His hand. If He blesses you financially, it's because He's blessing you. If He blesses this church, it's not going to be because of a preacher. It's going to be because of God. Amen. If He blesses us in the future and we grow and He continues to make us what I believe He can, it will always be God. Amen. But Isaiah got enamored with Uzziah. Isaiah got enamored with who Uzziah was and what Uzziah had become. But Uzziah died. And scripture makes it clear that it wasn't until Uzziah died that Isaiah's focus changed. Now the story changes. It's no longer about the past. It's about the future. It's no longer about what had happened. Brothers and sisters, I'm afraid I know people today who constantly live in the past. This person did this to 
me. This person did that to me. Their entire life, seemingly, emotionally, is consumed with the things that have happened to them. And you know what reality is? Those things were all in the past. And yet they live there. And they allow their past to define their future. And their past dictates who they are. And their past dictates who they become. And their past dictates everything they do. And the attitudes they have. And the spirit they have. And the actions and the reactions that they have. It's all about their past. And their past makes them a slave. To their future. But Uzziah died. And Isaiah was staring at a future without the one he placed all his hope in. Isaiah was staring at a future without the one that he banked everything on. Isaiah was where he was because of Uzziah. Isaiah was Uzziah's right-hand man. Isaiah did whatever Uzziah wanted him to do. And Uzziah died. Can I just ask a quick question? Who has God possibly removed from your life that at the moment you're grieving over it because you just can't see a way forward? But maybe, just maybe, God knows what He's doing. Maybe circumstances happen for a greater reason than you realize. Maybe a job situation or a relationship situation or a, or a friendly situation radically changes and you're wondering, what am I going to do? But maybe, just maybe, God is still God and He's still in control and He has a plan for you that you do not yet see. Amen. So what did Isaiah see when Uzziah died? First of all, he saw the real reigning king. Uzziah really wasn't the king. God was. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. Can I share this thought with you? Do you notice that he's sitting upon the throne, not pacing, not wringing his hands, not wondering what to do next? He's sitting. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, that's where he is tonight. He's high. He, he doesn't care about the coronavirus. He didn't care about the swine flu. He didn't care about all these things that the media will do everything in their power to get us whipped into a frenzy about and scare us half to death. God is not scared tonight. God does not pace the floors and the portals of glory wondering what mankind's going to do next. No, He's still sitting upon the throne. God, what am I going to do? Uzziah is dead. God, 
Secondly, not only did he see God sitting upon a throne, but he saw God high and lifted up. Remember, it was in Second Chronicles where we talked about Uzziah. The scripture said that his heart was lifted up. And when his heart was lifted up, God took him down. When his heart was lifted up, when Uzziah looked at what he'd done and said, wow. When it became all about Uzziah. Listen, I love you. But independent Nazarene's about him, not me. Not you. Well, the church wouldn't make it without me. Well, I've heard that before. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want anybody to leave. Don't, don't think it that way. But brothers and sisters, let's be careful that we don't allow our hearts to become high and lifted up. That's right. That's right. Because when it happened, God said, okay, Uzziah. And so the one that he, that Isaiah had seen have his heart lifted up suddenly has his eyes heavenward, suddenly finds himself face to face with the God of the universe and realizes who it is that's truly high and lifted up. I, uh, last week, I, I didn't say much about it because, you know, my, my identity is not at all in politics anymore. And, and uh, yet my friend and our dear brother, Rod Ford, I'll talk a little bit more about it now, had said, I'd like to go to D.C. and meet Vice President Pence if possible. And he said, can you take me? And so CPAC was coming up, and CPAC is like the IHC of, of politics. You know what I mean when I say IHC? So, you know, CPAC is like, you, you know, they'll run the aisles and shout at CPAC. Not really, but almost. <laughs> so we went. We were there for a couple days, and, and sure enough, uh, he got to meet Vice President Pence, and, and and I and I got to say hello to him for the first time in you know a long time, and I, I didn't post a lot of pictures because you know I, I knew people would ask questions, and I just that's just not who I am, and I, I anymore, and I I didn't want that. But I'll tell you what I was reminded of. I was reminded of how arrogant some of these politicians are. We ran into a celebrity that, um, you know, that I had high regard for. And, and Rod was standing right there when this happened. I, I walked up to him and I said, can I get a picture? And he said, no. And we had some choice words, my brother, didn't we, when we walked. I mean, my opinion, if I told you the guy's name, I, I just would point blank tell you my opinion of him has radically changed. I don't, I don't have any respect for him at all. Not at all. And look, my timing may have been poor, but he just wasn't even friendly, was he, Brother Rod? No, just not at all. Just, I thought, okay. But you'd be amazed. If you ever, you ever went to Washington, D.C., you'd be amazed at how, you know, they become so enamored. Our, our, my congressman, Greg Pence, gave us a little time and actually took us to a foreign affairs committee hearing. And, and we were racing to get there for that meeting. And, Rod's, his chief of staff and, and an assistant was walking with Rod and, and, and Greg and I are just trucking through there. He, 
Rob thinks I'm in good shape. Greg Pence shocked me. I mean, we're just, we got the security and he just waved and I felt important when he just waved and pointed at me like, I am somebody. But, <laughs> but he told me on the way over there, he said, you know, we were just racing over there and talking all the time and, uh, that we were walking and, you know, Greg flies back to Indiana every, every Thursday, every Friday, every week. He, he stays there only when he has to, gets back to Indiana. There are a few others who do the same thing. Todd Young's one of them. Uh, Jackie Walorski, I think, is another one. They just, they fly back every week. They refuse to become enamored with the cesspool that is Washington, D.C., and it is a cesspool. But just being there, and, and everything is made for TV, everything. Everything is all about, if I can just get a sound bite that will go viral on YouTube, if I can say something that will get me in front of the cameras, I mean, it's just all designed for that. And I was just reminded, and it almost made me sick, I was just reminded of how arrogant and how full of self so many people are who are just clamoring for the spotlight. You know what the problem is? Their hearts are high and lifted up. But brothers and sisters, let me tell you and let me warn you tonight. That just doesn't happen in Washington, D.C. That happens in Beach Grove, Indiana. That happens in McCordsville. That happens in Shelbyville. It happens in Greensburg. If you and I are not careful, if we don't stay humble before God, if we don't realize that it's God and God alone that gives us everything we have, if we are not careful, the same thing. We don't have to be in Washington to be high lifted up. We don't have to be in Washington to be full of pride. It can happen right here if we're not careful. But Isaiah saw God high and lifted up. Isaiah saw a king whose existence was clothed in holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. I'm going to hurry, but I want to share this. Isaiah saw a king that was eternal, that is eternal. And brothers and sisters, it's important to remember that God is not that God was, but that God is. We speak in the past tense about greatness. He was a good president. He was a good man. He was a good pastor. He was a great ball player. But remember, God is. Amen. Things don't last forever. Presidencies don't last forever. Prime ministers don't last forever. Those things are bound to change. But when their reigns have come and gone, God will still be God. And Bill and Gloria Gaither said it best when they wrote, He has walked by the graveside of earth's fallen kings who opposed Him, and yet He's still reigning. saw the real reigning king. But he also saw, secondly, the real Isaiah. He saw self for the first time. Oh God, give us people that will see themselves. You know, we've been focusing, especially on Sunday nights, about holiness and the need to be spirit filled. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, do you know what the greatest secret to our success is? It's for all of us to see ourselves as God sees us. It's for 
us to see what God sees. He saw himself. He saw self for the first time. And he saw his surroundings for the first time. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He saw that not only was he bad, everybody was around him. Everybody around him was bad. Brothers and sisters, Beach Grove, Indiana needs God. They're drug addicts. There are alcoholics. There are lives torn apart all around us. And when are we going to get serious about revolutionizing the world around us? I'll tell you when we will. When we see ourselves first and foremost. And when he saw himself. He not only saw himself, but he realized that as a priest, he hadn't made any bit of a difference around him. Dear Lord, not only am I a man of unclean lips, but I'm surrounded by people like me. And I haven't made a difference in their lives at all. That's a glaring indictment, brothers and sisters. But thirdly, he experienced a real cure. God touched him. Brothers and sisters, God is touching us. I do believe that. God used Brother Grimion to help heal a lot of broken hearts. He did. God used him. I will forever be grateful for the experience I had of getting to work with him. Because better than anybody I've ever known, he taught me how to love people. Don, you're making it sound like you didn't love people. No, no, I did. I did. You misheard me. He taught me how to love people. I think we all love everybody, but we're not all good at, at how we love people. You know that? I would never assign to any of you that you don't love or like me. But it doesn't mean we're all good at showing that, right? And I would tell you, he, he taught me how to love people. God used him. And he began to touch people. But brothers and sisters, not because I'm standing here. But that was just the beginning of what God wants to do for us. Because there are clear, definite works of grace that God wants to do in your heart. Amen. And He wants you to not only have a clear testimony that He has saved you and every sin is under the blood, but He wants you to have a clear testimony that you have earnestly sought for a holy heart and the Holy Spirit has come and purged your heart from inbred sin and filled you with His fullness. And only God can do that. Amen. And fourthly, he heard a royal cry. Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, pick me. Amen. That's a different Isaiah right there. That's not the Isaiah that people were getting close to saying, hey, bro, can you go talk to the king for me? I mean, he was an important guy. Hey, Isaiah, can we have your autograph? You're close to the king. Isaiah, can we have a selfie? Isaiah was a, he was a big deal until Uzziah died. And then when he began to hear the voice of God, 
He said, okay. We have, we have mission conference coming up. I'm, I'm wrestling with what we should call it. I'm leaning toward answering the call. Because I do hope that God will call someone from this crowd to the mission field. But then in reflecting and praying over that, the Lord said, okay, Bates. But what if it's Ethan or Ellie? And you know what I said in my heart? Okay. If you'll use them, if you'll call them, if you'll put them to work in your vineyard, nothing would please me more yeah, but that's quite a sacrifice. Listen, when you seek God, brothers and sisters, and you allow God to touch you, every person in this crowd will have their hand in the air saying, pick me. Use me. And brothers and sisters, if God will continue to fix and adjust our focus, and if we will all allow God to use us, let me tell you what will happen. When our focus changes, our perspective changes. The focus becomes eternity driven. Isaiah quit writing about a dead king and started writing about the living king. Amen. <laughs> he quit writing about Uzziah. And God began to use him and he wrote one day, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah quit thinking and writing about a dead king and started writing about the living king. Amen. And when our focus changes, our purpose changes. No longer was Isaiah consumed with the legacy of Uzziah. He was concerned about his surroundings and was willing to do something about it. I hope this week that God will help all of us to prepare our hearts for Sunday. Come on, Don. You've been the guy now for two months. Get over it. Sunday's a special day. It's an official day for all of us. It's not just an official day for Don and Amy, Ellie and Ethan, Blake and Trey, Annalise and probably Melanie come October. We'll see. I'm being podcasted, aren't I? I'm in such trouble right now. It's not <laughs> Not just a special day. <clears throat> It's a sacred day for our church, for all of us. So would you join me in praying, God, prepare my heart for your future. Prepare my heart for what you have for Independent Nazarene Church. Prepare my heart for what you want to do with me in this new season of our church. God, use me. Here am I. Use me, Lord. Help me to get a fresh vision of you. Help me to get a fresh vision of myself. And if there's anything that needs adjusting, help me to allow you to adjust it. And if you and I will have that passion and that focus together, where we all have servant mentality, 
Not king mentality. Not personality driven church. Not Don Bates. Not, I, don't, not, I, don't, I don't ever want to hear anybody say I go to Don Bates Jr.'s church. No, you don't. You go to Independent Nazarene Church. You're a member. You're a servant of the Most High God. You're a member of this fellowship. You're a member of this body. You're a member of these brothers and sisters. You're a member of a congregation that's doing everything in its power to go to heaven and get other people to go to heaven with them. And I hope all week long that God will just help all of us to focus on Him. Focus on our hearts. Focus on the future. That he has for us. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let's stand.